Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Now some pat some time passes. The engagement has already taken place, but Imam Ali has not moved to this house with Lady Fatima. So Um Ayman, according to some hadiths, she goes to the Prophet. She tells him, Ya Rasulullah, don't you want to make Khadija happy? When the Prophet hears the name Khadija, he breaks into tears. He says, Khadija, Khadija is one who was always with me. When people denied me, she gave me. When people abandoned me, she stood by my side. When people deprived me, she spent her wealth. Um Ayman said to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, we didn't want to disturb you, but we're saying, don't you want to make Khadija happy? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, have your daughter Fatima now move with Ali ibn Abi Talib Let them move, let the wedding take place. The Prophet says to Um Ayman, according to this hadith, why doesn't Ali ibn Abi Talib tell me? Ali didn't come and tell me that he wants to move in now. So Um Ayman tells the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, he's embarrassed, he's shy, out of modesty, he did not come and tell you, but he has expressed his interest to now have the wedding and move into the house. So the Prophet tells them, go get Ali ibn Abi Talib. The Imam comes, the Prophet tells him, Ya Ali, is it true that you have now the desire to move to the house and you want the marriage to take place, uh, the wedding to take place? He said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet in that case, he says, okay, let us prepare for this wedding and Tomorrow night we will have a banquet, a dinner to invite the people and then after that you will move into your house. Notice, when the Prophet realized that Imam Ali and Lady Fatima were ready to move to the house, he did not take weeks and months and months and months to prepare for the wedding. One day, Imam Ali tells him, I'm ready to move. The Prophet says, tomorrow we're having the wedding. What can we learn from this? Today, do you know how much we spend on weddings? tens of thousands of dollars, months and months of preparation. I'm not saying no one should have a nice wedding, it's a very important day in your life, that's fine, you should enjoy it. But just remember that spending on your wedding, having a fancy wedding does not guarantee that you will have a wonderful marriage, does not guarantee that you will have a blessed marriage. In fact, in fact, from what I've seen in the community, the fancier the wedding is, the more preparation, the more problems later. Let Allah bless your marriage. Make it simple. Why need eight, eight months of preparation and arrangements? And you and your parents and your in-laws and family, they spend, I don't know, hundreds of hours just for a wedding. Why? Keep it simple. Doesn't have to be that fancy. The sunnah, yes, is to have a banquet, is to give a dinner, but keep it fancy. And here is the messenger of God, one day of preparation, one day. Learn from the Prophet The more your start in marriage is a blessed start, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless you. Another thing that you find in weddings are, for example, practices that violate the laws of sharia, dancing, haram music, and some people will tell you, say it, come on, it's, it's my day. Don't ruin the fun for us by telling us this is haram and that's haram. My response to that 
is that this day, which is the most significant day in your life now, if you start this life in God's disobedience, do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will really bless your life? Yes, it is one day, but you're starting your marital life on that day. If Allah sees His servant on the first day that I've granted him all those blessings, on the first day he wants to disobey me and he wants to do that which I have banned, how do you expect Allah to really bless you? Yes, it is only one day, but start that day in Allah's obedience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless you that way. So on the night of the wedding, the Prophet says to Imam Ali oh, oh Ali, there must be a banquet. This is the sunnah that you offer a meal. So the Prophet sends Bilal to prepare a sheep to be given at the banquet. We also have um, indications that some people from the Ansar, like Sa'd ibn Ubadah, he also contributed, he donated a few things for the banquet. And uh, Bilal, he goes and gets a few things to be cooked. Um Salama also, she participates in that. So the Imam salam. He is preparing for the wedding. The Prophet gives a few dirhams to Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib He asks him to buy some oil, some dates and some cheese to also be given at the banquet at the uh, wedding of Imam Ali So the, when Imam Ali gets these items, the dates, the oil and the cheese, he brings them to the Prophet. The Prophet, he himself, with his blessed hands, he started mixing them to make this delicious dessert. With his very blessed hands, he makes dessert for the wedding using uh, some milk or cheese, dates and some oil. Companions witness and testify that never in their life had they tasted something so delicious as what the Prophet made for them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in that. So now the wedding starts, as the wedding starts, the Prophet says Allahu Akbar. Then Bilal, he was walking behind the Prophet, he also says Allahu Akbar. The Prophet tells Bilal, why did you say Allahu Akbar? He says, oh Messenger of God, I heard you saying Allahu Akbar, so I said it too, I'm following you. The Prophet says, oh Bilal, the reason why I said Allahu Akbar is because Jibra'il is here and he said Allahu Akbar in starting this wedding ceremony. So I also was saying what Jibra'il was saying. So the angels of God were dispatched to also participate in this very important wedding. Now the Prophet right before the wedding, he meets some woman maybe one or two of his wives and some um, relatives, some family members and he informs them that Fatima and Imam Ali السلام, are ready to move. So he asks them to help Lady Fatima and to prepare Lady Fatima for her wedding night. Now the ahadith indicate that Asma over here, she was present and when the Prophet asked the woman to leave in the end after that session, Asma was hesitant to leave. So the Prophet, he noticed that Asma is still there. He tells her, Asma, what's the matter? Why aren't you leaving? She said, Ya Rasulullah, I am staying here because I want to take care of Lady Fatima. I want to be there for her. Some narrations indicate 
that Asma told the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, before Khadija was passing away in Mecca, I saw Khadija crying. So I told her, Khadija, why are you crying? You're such a good woman, you're going to go to paradise. You have nothing to be concerned about. Khadija told me that I'm concerned about my daughter Fatima, that I won't be there for her wedding. And that is something that I am crying for. So Asma says, I told Khadija, I promise you, if I'm alive, I will be there for her. And the night of her wedding, I'll take care of her. Because Khadija had told her every girl, on the night of her wedding, she needs someone to discuss some things and I'm not there for her. So Asma, she promised to fulfill that role. When the Prophet, we'll talk about who exactly this Asma is, but the narrations indicate Asma bint Umais, who later would be the wife of Imam Ali uh, That's after, of course, Lady Fatima salam passes away. So Asma tells this to the Prophet. The Prophet cries when he sees how loyal she is and how concerned she is about Lady Fatima and he makes a beautiful prayer for her. He says, may Allah protect you, may Allah protect your family, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless your life. So we find that the Prophet does ask those women to take care of Lady Fatima Now when the day of the wedding has arrived and they're walking to the mosque of the Prophet, and then they want to take Lady Fatima to her house. We see that the Prophet he himself has Lady Fatima ride on the naqa, on the she camel. She was on the camel. The Prophet was walking with Lady Fatima, guiding her. Also Salman, he was present at this time and he was walking to the right of the camel. And then we also have Hamza, the uncle of the Prophet He was also walking in this procession. Remember, this is the bride. The Prophet now wants to take the bride to the house. That's after giving food and after giving a meal to all the people in the mosque of the Prophet and in surrounding areas. They're now taking Lady Fatima to her house. So the Prophet is there. Hamza Sayyid al-Shuhada is there. Remember, Hamza was not martyred yet. <coughs> because this was before the, before the battle of Uhud, so he was present in the ceremony. In fact, all the young believers from the Muhajireen and the Ansar, they were walking behind Lady Fatima with the Prophet. Just imagine the scene in Medina, the Messenger of God is walking, his daughter is on the camel, and all of the people of Medina, the Muhajireen and the Ansar, they're walking behind them. At that time, we find that the Prophet ordered Banat Abdul Muttalib, the daughters of Abdul Muttalib, so basically his aunts and relatives. He told them, and also the women of the Muhajireen and the Ansar, this was a command to the woman to surround Lady Fatima in this procession before she would go to her house and to also recite lines of poetry, but the Prophet did tell them, whatever you recite, it should be haqq. Recite that which is acceptable and nothing that would anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have companions who narrate that this is exactly what happened. These women were surrounding Lady Fatima and they started to recite these beautiful chants, 
or these lines of poetry. For example, Um Salama, she made a poem that consisted of uh, five or six lines praising Lady Fatima Even sources indicate Aisha, she made a few lines of poetry to honor Lady Fatima and to highlight her status. Hafsa is also documented to have said a few lines of poetry. In fact, the lines of poetry that she said are very beautiful lines. I'll share with you some of them. She said, Fatimatu khayru nisa'il bashari, wa man laha wajhun ka wajhil qamari. Fatima is the best woman out of all people, and she has a face that looks like the moon. Allah has given you a status, Allah has preferred you, favored you over all creations and Allah has revealed verses of the Quran in your honor. Allah is the one who made you marry a very virtuous young man. I mean Ali ibn Abi Talib who is the best person present over here. So we find that these women were reciting these beautiful lines of poetry. Now some people, they take the following stance, they say, look, you have women here singing and the Prophet sanctioned that and he approved that. And then some of them even, you know, add exaggerations to that. There was uh, music and singing and whatever it is. That's not the case. In the wedding of Lady Fatima there was no singing. They were just reading lines of poetry, praising Lady Fatima And everything they said was in truth. So the Prophet approved that. So there is no evidence for singing, women singing in the wedding. Because singing in Islamic law is haram. So that's, that's not um, any evidence. So now we see that this parade over here, let's call it, the Prophet is participating, is guiding Lady Fatima to her house. So where do they take her? They take her to her house. Where was her house? The house of Lady Fatima was right by the mosque of the Prophet. To the eastern side of the Prophet's mosque was the house of Lady Fatima and really it was a room. And it lied at the heart of the Prophet's rooms because the Prophet had a number of rooms for his wives. The house of Lady Fatima was lied at the heart of those rooms. Some sources indicate the house of Fatima had two doors. One door would open directly into the mosque. If you were to open it, you would be actually in the mosque of the Prophet. So the house of Lady Fatima was, was wall to wall when it comes to the mosque of the Prophet. And there was a second door that would lead to the street. However, a number of our scholars, upon analyzing the logistics of the room of Lady Fatima, they have said that it actually had only one door, not two doors. And that door was through the mosque of the Prophet. To get to the house of Fatima, to come, enter and exit, they had to enter the mosque itself. So the only way to go to their house was through the mosque of the Prophet. And this was a status that Allah only gave to Imam Ali Because later when the companions saw Imam Ali opening his door and directly going to the Prophet, they all made doors 
in the surrounding areas of the mosque to enter the mosque. Because they would build the rooms around the mosque of the Prophet. So they opened the door to go into the mosque. Allah sends revelation. O Prophet, tell them all to close their doors. No one has the right to enter the mosque directly from his house. They should go from the street and then enter from the main doors. So the Prophet made that command. There was a big fuss. They told him, that's not fair. How come Ali ibn Abi Talib gets to keep his door open? The Prophet actually goes on the pulpit. He gives a sermon and he says, I understand that there's opposition to what I said. There's commotion. But let me tell you something, that's not my decision. I did not decide that Ali gets to keep his door open and he can enter and exit whenever he wants from his door. That's the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the decision of God. Only He is allowed to go from His room into the mosque and then leave. As for all of you, your doors have to be closed. There was also another technical reason because sometimes these uh, people would be in the state of Janaba and then for them to enter the mosque and then to leave, Allah did not want them to do that. Only Imam Ali was granted that exception. So the room of Lady Fatima was to the eastern side of the mosque. To the north of it was the room of Aisha. Um, to, the, to one side of it was the room of Um Salama, the wife of the Prophet. So on one side you have the mosque, like if you were examining the eastern and western wall. On one side you have the mosque of the Prophet, on one side you have the house of Um Salama. And the, to the northern side you have the house of Aisha. This was where the room of Lady Fatima was. How big was the room of Lady Fatima or the house of Lady Fatima? Not that big. Some historians state it was 14 meters by 6 meters. That makes it about 84 square meters. Now if you want to convert that to square foot, that would be around 900 square feet. So the whole house of Lady Fatima, the whole land area was 900 square feet. It's not big, it's a pretty small house. But this was the humble house of Lady Fatima now the Prophet when the camel arrives at the house of Lady Fatima and they're about to enter, the Prophet holds her hand and he symbolically places it in the hand of Imam Ali And then standing at the door of the house, the Prophet makes the following prayer. He says, Oh Allah, I commend Fatima and Ali, your humble slaves to your protection, be their protector, bless them, be pleased with them and bestow your grace, your mercy and your best rewards on them. Make their marriage fruitful and make both of them steadfast in your love and in your service. Then the Prophet he hugs Lady Fatima and he kisses her on her forehead and he gives her to Imam Ali السلام, and he tells Ali, Ya Ali, what a good wife you have, O Ali. Then he looks at Lady Fatima and he tells her, Ya Fatima, and what a good husband do you have? Until they entered the house. The Prophet walked them into their room and the Prophet left them. This is, by the way, mentioned not just in Shia sources. Al-Khawarizmi, a Sunni scholar, he was a 6th century Sunni scholar in his book Al-Manaqib, he mentions uh, some of these reports. 
So Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib السلام, moves to his new house with Lady Fatima السلام, and that was the beautiful beginning of this marital life. Now sources indicate that initially for maybe about a year or so, the, the mother of Imam Ali, Fatima bint Asad was also living with them in their house. So Imam Ali السلام, also had his mother in the house. Um, we have a beautiful hadith that says Lady Fatima and Fatima bint Asad would divide the uh, house chores. Lady Fatima would do like some internal chores, whereas Fatima, the mother of Imam Ali, she would do some work outside the house to bring to the house. So they had this beautiful life. In the year four of the Hijrah, so we're talking maybe about um, a year and a few months after is when Lady Fatima bint Asad passes away. But for about a year or so, it seems she was living with Imam Ali السلام, in the house of Imam Ali. But there you go, that's the marriage of Imam Ali and Lady Fatima السلام, and that was the most, the most blessed marriage in the city of Medina after the religion of Islam. This marriage to summarize was special for two reasons. First of all, it was arranged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we saw last week, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Prophet to have Imam Ali marry Lady Fatima. So this marriage, you could call it a divine marriage by divine guidance. Secondly, the progeny of the Prophet came through this marriage because all the children of the Prophet died. And the only progeny that he had, the only grandchildren that he had was through Imam Ali and Lady Fatima So really this was the most blessed house in the religion of Islam, of course after the Prophet's house. The most blessed house was this. In the future we'll see how the Prophet would treat the house of Lady Fatima. One hadith states, for six months, every single day in the morning, the Prophet as he's going into his mosque, he stops at the room of Lady Fatima and he would say, Assalamu alaikum, O people of the house. Allah has purified this house. For six months, the Prophet does this every day in front of the companions. In fact, uh, we have reports that state when the Prophet would enter the house of Lady Fatima, he would seek permission. Even though the Quran says if you go to your relative's house, your family, you don't need to seek permission. Now, just be uh, concerned about the culture that you live in. You don't want to storm into somebody's house, they'll think you're a thief. But in Islamic law, you don't need permission. If you're going to your brother's house, you can enter. As long as, of course, you're not disturbing them, but you, you can enter. This is a verse in the Quran. So the Prophet did not need permission to enter the, the house of his daughter, but he would seek permission. Why? Because the Prophet knew later what would happen. For six months he would stand here and praise the house of Lady Fatima and he would seek permission before he would enter. But then the minute the Prophet passes away, you know what happened to the house of Lady Fatima.